Join the Church. I have a secondary title on Join the Church. It's Why I Love the Church. And you should too. Put that little qualifier in there. That's a great testimony from uh, Rochelle, our children's minister. And Lorelai is doing great. Her heart's doing great. And uh, I think she's going to be able to show up to church for the first time since the heart transplant uh, in about a week, maybe. I keep asking her, when is she? It's, it's in September, right? Would you know? Huh? In one week, she'll be able to be here, which will be great, uh, you know, they, uh, because they, uh, this heart transplant, and they have to keep, uh, keep her safe and free from any type of illness, and uh, so she's had to uh, just isolate herself, but uh, that time is coming to an end, and uh, before long, we'll be able to see her and uh, just look what the Lord has done. Am I right about that? Just just awesome. And that Champions Ministry is also going to be great and encourage you to visit that Champions booth and just see what the Lord will do. Why I love the church, and you should too, and uh, join the church Sunday. This is Vision Month, and uh, you know, we talk about making disciples, and uh, we do it in an organized way and also uh, kind of like an organic way, a natural way. We, we feel like if you would join a small group and Pastor Luke talked about that last Sunday. Join a small group where you get in relationships and you encourage one another and pray for one another and learn with each other and things of that nature. And if you join the church, become a part of the body of Christ and uh, also join a ministry team, join a team, join a ministry team where you can use your gifts and talents for the Lord. We feel like if you do those three things, you'll grow. You'll become more like Jesus, joining the church, joining a group, joining a team. That's our ways of doing it, but God is at work in that, and you will grow in the Lord, which is obviously God's will and purpose for your life, to grow in the Lord. And I love the church. Matter of fact, this uh, verse came to my heart today at our pre-service prayer meeting, and we started it up today. And if you're looking for a place to pray uh, weekly, Sunday morning starting at 810 to 835, we meet right here in the sanctuary, which we did. And this came to my heart here today. I was glad when they said to me, this is Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of of the Lord. This is a song of ascents by King David, and uh, it was a psalm that was written because the children of Israel would journey to Jerusalem where the house of the Lord was. And David would begin that journey to Jerusalem. He had to go up to Jerusalem. That's why it's a song of ascent. He had to go up, and he said, I was glad, very glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. They had to come from miles and miles and miles away to uh, go to the house of the Lord. And uh, the Bible says that he was glad to do that. You know, he wasn't upset about, I can't believe we have to do this journey again. I can't believe I'm hot. I'm tired. I wish I could stay home, all that stuff. You got to get the kids ready, get kids out the door, load up that donkey, things like this. You know, it's just not worth it. No, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I want you to know, living in America, living in the highlands, it's easy to go to the house of the Lord. Uh, last Sunday, my wife and I were in Mexico City. It's about 24 million people. And I think they have two roads, two roads, two two-lane roads with all the traffic. And uh, they picked me up early on Sunday morning and took me to the house of the Lord. They picked my wife up early on Sunday morning, took her to another house of the Lord. And it's not easy to get there 
because of all the traffic that you have to go through just to get to the house of the Lord. The pastor of one of the churches lives two hours away from the church. It's about two miles takes about two hours. <laughs> a little bit longer than that, but it's not easy down there. But it is easy in the highlands, isn't it? I think we passed four cars on the way to church this morning. And uh, out of my way! I'm on my way to worship Jesus. I know I've shared this joke, but uh, uh, so if you've heard me tell this joke, just uh, give me a mercy laugh. And if you haven't heard it, uh, uh, laugh heartily. It always encourages my heart. But uh, I woke up on Sunday morning, and uh, uh, the, the husband is sitting at the edge of the bed, and the wife is getting ready for church, and he's not getting ready, and he seems all discouraged. And the wife said, uh, you, you need to go to church. Come on, we have to go to church. He says, I don't want to go to church. She says, why? He says, well, the, the music's too loud and uh, I have no friends, and uh, I just don't feel welcome there, and uh, it's just just such a burden. And she says, honey, you have to go to church. He said, give me one reason why. He says, because you're the pastor. (laughs) You're the pastor. Wow, that's pretty good, isn't it? I told you the, the two snakes joke, right? Two snakes crawling on the ground. One snake looks at the other snake and says, uh, am I poisonous? He says, yes, you're poisonous. Why do you ask? Because I just bit my lip. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty good one. And I told that joke in Egypt. When my wife and I were in Egypt back in March and uh, doing a, a leadership pastor's conference there in, in, in Egypt. And uh, I wanted to share that joke. I thought it would go cross-cultural. It's a simple joke. And I, my wife is my witness. I told that joke, and this is their response. I said, I said, what's wrong with you? That's a funny joke. So I told him another joke about the polar bear. Are you sure I'm a polar bear? Yeah, why? Because I'm freezing. You know, I thought that was a great joke as well. And, but I told the joke down there in Mexico City, the, the snake joke. In the, I taught a master's class down there, told the snake joke. They thought it was hilarious. So it made me feel really good, gave me encouragement to keep telling that joke. (laughs) Next Sunday is join a team, join a team, uh, a team of serving the Lord. And then the Sunday after that is Thank You Sunday, uh, the first Sunday in October. So we got some great, great things coming up. And we're going to launch a a ministry also in October, waiting for uh, October to launch this ministry. It's going to be the invite team where I'm going to raise up uh, a minimum of 100 people in our church to every week invite at least one person to come to church. And uh, if I'm that one person that you need to invite to church because I'm having a bad week, uh, that'll count, all right? Why do you need to go to church? Because I'm the pastor. That's why. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we're members of the household of God, the family of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. That is the word of the Lord, by the way. The apostles or prophets spoke the word of God. So we're built on the foundation of what we now call the written word of God. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows. It's always God's will that we be fitted together and also grow into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you're also being built together 
Don't you like that? Being built together. God never made Christendom or Christianity to be a private, individual-only matter. Built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. My personal testimony of why I love the church, and you should too, as I remember, I hated going to church. I was raised uh, by, by, my parents were devout Roman Catholics. I was raised in church every Sunday, every holy day of obligation. I went to parochial school. Then he no longer sent me to parochial school, sent me to public school. I had to go to CCD classes. And so, man, we were all in, all in. But I did not know the Lord, did not know the Lord at all. And so it was boring. It was lifeless. It was meaningless. It was an hour out of the Sunday morning. I wish I was home in bed sleeping, especially as a teenager. This is no joke. I used to, ahead of time, Sunday morning, ahead of time, try to come up with a list of things that I could think about that would get me through that hour-long mass because I'd be bored to death. That's where it was. And I couldn't wait because all my sisters, I had four sisters older than me, and they all moved out of the house, went off to college. They all stopped going to church. And uh, my parents uh, viewed them since they moved out of the house as adults. It's their choice. But since I'm still living at home, I had to go to church. That was the rule. Uh, you know, we didn't wake up on Sunday morning and try to figure it out. And it was not up for debate and uh, anything. We went to church. But I couldn't wait until I would move out, go off to college, move out, so I'd never have to go to church again. Well, my senior year in high school, I was witnessed to by, by a couple girls, and uh, they brought they invited me to their church, which was a Baptist church, and I'd never stepped foot in any church other than a Roman Catholic church. And I remember the first time I went there, and boy, they did church differently, right? They did. Did church differently. It wasn't liturgical. wasn't a lot of pomp and circumstance. Uh, the, the sanctuary is very plain, very simple. It wasn't ornate. Uh, there's no gold or anything like that. It wasn't built around the mass and the taking of communion, but rather worship and the teaching of the Word. So different. But when I went there, one of the things I noticed was people seemed to actually be happy to be there, <laughs> smiling. And when they were singing, they were singing with all, with a lot of voice. You know, they seemed to really get into this singing, you know, and uh, whoa. And uh, not only that, they, they didn't just sing organ music or old hymns, but they also were singing something brand new called choruses. They, they had, a, had a piano and an organ, but also some drums and a lead guitar and a bass guitar. What is going on here? I mean, it's all so new. And uh, they, they, you know, it, they just seemed to be happy to be there. And uh, they were clapping their hands. Hadn't seen that uh, at church. And they were raising their hands. What's up with that? I was just taken in by it all. I didn't think they were weird. I thought this, this was different. And I liked the difference. I like the difference. Well, the preacher preaches. I've never heard anybody preach. He preached a whole message. I think he preached for 45 minutes. It wasn't a five-minute homily. All you ex-Catholics know what I'm talking about. But he's preaching the Word. And at the end, uh, we were invited up to give our heart to Jesus, invited up to the altar to pray with the preacher to give our heart to Jesus. Next thing you know, I'm going up there and giving my heart to Jesus. I got saved. And the Bible says, if you're in Christ, you're a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. And one of the things that become new is God gives you a new heart. 
A heart of stone is replaced with a heart of flesh. The Spirit of God writes His Word on the tablets of your heart. You begin to delight to do the will of God. Desires change. The Spirit of God's now on the inside of you. New desires, all things become new. And lo and behold, something amazing happened. This is my testimony. Something amazing happened. I couldn't wait to go back to church. And, of course, that church had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, plus the youth meeting was on Saturday night. And, man, I just dived in. Uh, I didn't, my parents weren't telling me to go to church. I wanted to go to church. I couldn't wait to go to church. I met my beautiful wife there at the youth group at that church, and, uh, boy, we just, I just wanted to be there. The Bible says that Jesus loves the church, Right? And uh, David was a man after God's heart, a man after God's heart. I've been thinking a lot about what that means, and if you have a heart after God's heart, it takes after his heart, or it's after the same similitude of his heart. You love what he loves, you hate what he hates if you're after his heart. Your heart loves what God's heart loves, your heart hates what God's heart hates. Jesus loves the church. God did a miracle. I started loving what Jesus loves, and Jesus loves the church. Hallelujah. Pastor Luke said this about the local church. He says, I love the local church because it's the system by which Jesus uses to advance the kingdom of God. Preaching, teaching, and worship is essential to the advancement of the kingdom. And I love the fact that my son loves the local church because we raised him in the church. He was one year old when we came up to Pastor Cornerstone, and he was raised in the church, and, uh, and uh, he didn't have any say-so in the matter whatsoever. Did you? No say-so. You know, uh, we did not raise our children and give them the option, you know. We made them go to church, or we forced them, or we compelled them. However you want to put it, they didn't have a choice, My daughter, my son, Sunday morning, we used to have Sunday night service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, youth group, they went, they were there, and uh, he's raised in the house, and he says, I love the local church. Significant events happened in my life at church. My salvation, I got saved at church. My wedding. Pastor Judkins married my wife and I. Bill Browning was my best man right there at church. I was baptized in that church. My preparation for ministry happened in the church. My children's dedication, I remember I dedicated my, my, my daughter, dedicated my son. I remember one time, uh, they didn't have uh, uh, kids on the rock type ministry at the church we were. And so on Sunday night, I was holding my daughter, and she's probably maybe six months old, and she was cranky cranky and moody as a as a little girl very strong-willed wild hair and she's always seemingly in a bad mood am i right about that angry she would she wouldn't cry she'd growl she'd turn beet red almost purple with this wild hair and i'm thinking this kind comes out with strong crying you know does what she have a demon or something going on in there anyway so she's she's acting out on a sunday night and about six months old i'm trying to quiet her down and uh, uh, the pastor's sitting there ministering and hannah's created and he said you need to take that that little baby out and spank her I remember she said that. 
So I said, okay, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Anyway, so um, my children were dedicated to the Lord. I was discipled. Pablo had this to say about the church. He says, I love the church because some of the most fulfilling moments of my life have occurred there. The birth, salvation, and baptisms of our three kids, discipleship, mission, serving, and belonging to a community of like-minded people who love God, love the lost, and love each other. Well done, Pablo. Wherever he might be. He was here. He probably left. No, I'm just teasing. Let me tell you reasons why I love the church why you should join the church, be a part of the church. Number one, of course, I've mentioned this already, because Jesus loves the church. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, in America, we love individuality, don't we? And we love the idea that you can be saved and have a relationship with God personally, individually, and nobody can take that from you, right? I mean, I got saved at church, but I know Jesus. You ever hear somebody say, I don't need to go to church to know Jesus. I don't need to go to church to be saved. I don't need to go to church to have an individual relationship with the Lord. And that's true. That's true. You don't. You don't. But the Bible teaches attending, being a part of uh, a, a local church. And uh, listen to this statistic. Many believers in America have historically maintained a low view of the church compared to their high view of a believer's individual relationship with God. Listen to this. Since COVID, the percentage of people ages 39 to 57 who attended a worship service during the week fell from 41% in 2020 to 28% in 2023. Man, that's really something, isn't it? And I know people would say, you know what? I know Jesus. I can pray. I pray here. I pray there. I worship the Lord at home. I take a walk in the woods, and the, and the birds are the choir. The birds are the choir. You know, things like that nature. And uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, exalting, they're exalting their personal, individual relationship with God. And I understand that. I get that. But the Bible also says that we're supposed to be members of the household of God. Every joint is to supply in the body of Christ, that Jesus loved the church. And when believers got saved, the Lord, the Bible says, added them to the local church. It is God's will. And he loves the church. The Bible says he gave himself for it, that he might nourish it and cherish it. That's amazing stuff, isn't it? And so I want to be like Jesus. I want to be a man after God's heart or a woman after God's heart. And if so, we need to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And Jesus loves the church, and so we need to love his church. Somebody say amen to that. Number two, because Jesus is the center of all things. Tells us in Ephesians 3.21, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him, Jesus, be glory in the church. He's the center. Let me ask you this question. Where else can you go in America where Jesus is the center of everything? It's the way it is at the local church. Now, I, I love sports. 
But if I go to the Lions game today, or if I would have gone to, to watch Michigan uh, last night at the big house, <laughs> I guarantee you Jesus wasn't there. <laughs> he, he's not the center of that. You go to work and, uh, you know, all kinds of things are happening at work. He's not the center, the main focus at your job or at the, the big house or here or there. But when you come to church, man, we're singing songs about Jesus. Where else do you go in this world or in America where you go outside the local church where they're singing songs about Jesus? And we're hearing the Word of God taught, and it's focused in on Jesus Christ. And you come and you're praying. You're praying with other people, you're joining their hearts in prayer, or you're talking and you're fellowshipping, and it's around Jesus Christ, sharing your faith, your relationship with the Lord, your concern about this or that. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the center of our worship, our teaching, our preaching, our fellowship. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Well, that's church, because we are gathered together here in the name of Jesus, and the Bible says he is present. It doesn't have to be a big crowd. It could be two or three. It could be a multitude gathered together in his name. Praise the Lord for that, but he promises to be there. I asked some people to send me uh, one sentence as to why they love the church, and Andrea Campos decided to write a Pauline epistle. Here's what she said. I love the local church because it is a spiritual and physical place where God in his infinite wisdom designed for us to gather together in unity in his spirit, where we are rooted and established in his love and are given his power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep Christ's love is, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God and then in that fullness go into the world around us and pour out. Well, that's pretty good stuff, isn't it? She loves the church. Well done. Well done, Andrea, wherever she is. Uh, she's, she's gone with Pablo somewhere. I'm not sure where she's at. Well, we, we should love God's church, join God's church, because Jesus loves the church, because Jesus is the center, the center. And as this world gets more crazy, more wicked, more dark, how much more is it to come and join in, to be a part, and to sense the Holy Spirit, to hear His Word taught and preached, to lift up your voice, to fellowship with others, to realize no matter how crazy it is out there, there is a place where I can come that is rooted and grounded in something that is true, and that's the eternal Word of God and God's dear Son, Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Number three, because the church is the habitation of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.22, in whom you also are built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So Jesus is the center of everything. And you know what he does? He puts his Spirit right here. The Spirit of God is in us. The Spirit of God is with us. The Spirit of God comes upon us. 
He is right here. The church is literally the, as the Bible says, the dwelling place of God. Where does God live? Well, this is his house. He lives right here. And uh, you might say, well, he doesn't live in the four walls. No, he doesn't live in the four walls. He lives in the house that he builds when we are together. We are the body of Christ. We are the building of God. We are the living stones that he is fitly framed together. He is here in our midst. He lived, This is his house. He lives right here. That's why when you come to church, you should sense and feel the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit because he is right here. If your little baby asks you one day, where does God live? You say, well, he lives in my heart, but he also lives in his church with his people. See, we try to make it so individual and personal that we forget that when we gather together in his name, he actually is right here in our midst. Why would we not want to come to church then if God is here? Hmm. Rhonda Forstoff, she had the best answer of all. She says, I love the local church because it is a called out gathering that testifies of the living presence of Jesus. It is a public display of his transforming power, a city set on a hill that is public and loud. That's great, isn't it? Minister Aaron, a pastor, says, I love my local church because it is the best place for me to grow in the knowledge and grace of God and experience his presence. When you gather as a local church, his presence, his power, and his love surrounds us and fills us. No wonder the psalmist uh, said this, I was glad, very glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. A new believer that is filled with the presence of God and the heart is just made alive unto God, you know what they want to do? They want to start doing God things. They want to start praying. They want to start Worshiping, they want to start reading the Bible, they want to start going to church because these are the what we call the things of God, and we should have what we call holy affection for the things of God. When people begin to draw back from the Lord, you know what happens? They draw back from His church. I've never known anybody drawing back from the Lord, taking steps away from God. They're taking steps into the house of the Lord. It always goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Psalm 20, verse 2 says this, May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May God send you help from the sanctuary. Well, this is the sanctuary. We are the sanctuary. And strengthen you out of Zion. Zion was another name for Jerusalem, the city of God or the dwelling place of God. It's a type of the church, of course. May he send you help and strength from his church, from the gathering of his people. Now, I wrote that Psalm 20, verse 2, because the Lord quickened that to me uh, about 10 years ago, going through a very, very challenging time. And the the, the source of my challenge was the local church. Imagine that. A pastoring, and there were some challenges and difficulties, and uh, going to church was very challenging because a lot of conflict and strife was there, and uh, it was 
coming at me big time. And so you would think what I would want to do is not go to church because that was a place of conflict. But I'm reading the book of Psalms and uh, Psalm 20 verse 2, God will send you strength and help from the sanctuary. The Spirit of God spoke to me. I was just having my morning devotion says, you get yourself to church and I'm going to strengthen you and help you right there. And I was thinking it seemed counterintuitive because that was a place of challenge and conflict. So it seemed to me going there would only heighten it or make me more aware. But God promised me that if I would go there, there'd be special grace and strength and help for me right there. And so that's exactly what I did. I'd, that's my seat right there. And uh, I'd come kind of heavy hearted and burdened. And uh, we'd start worshiping the Lord, the congregation. They'd start worshiping the Lord, and I'd start entering in, and the presence of God would encourage me, and the Spirit of the Lord would strengthen me. And I was, I, I was preaching, and as I was preaching, the Spirit of God would be speaking to me and to my heart, and I would be so helped right there in the house of the Lord. That's my testimony. Isn't that awesome? What God can do. And so uh, some people, you know, when, when they're going through a challenging time, they wait for that challenging time to be over, and then they'll start going back to church. Or some people say, you know, I've got to get my life cleaned up, and then I'll go back to church. Well, your life is a mess, and I don't think you're going to get it cleaned up enough in your mind to ever come to church. So why don't you just come to church as a mess, and we'll let the Spirit of God clean you up. Because I know the first time I stepped foot in that Baptist church, I was lost, as lost, as lost, as lost could be. And I was a mess, a mess, as messy as a mess, a mess, a mess could be. And uh, you know what? I, I went in, and uh, God began to stir in me, and then he wonderfully saved me, forgave me. I turned from my sins. I turned to God, and then he cleaned me up. And sometimes you think it's, it's, it's a little counterintuitive, you know, wait, go to church as a mess or go to church when I'm not doing right? Yes, because there he will send you help and strength. There he will meet with you. There the message will come or the worship song will be sung or the prayer will be given or the fellowship will do the encouraging. Next thing you know, God's speaking to you. The Spirit of God is moving. Your life is being strengthened and all things are getting better, just like that. So the church, thank you, two of you have had that happen. That's awesome. So, why go to church? Why love the church? Because Jesus loves the church. Because Jesus is the center of all things. Because the church is the habitation of God. How about this one? Because the church has a great purpose and mission. Jesus in Mark chapter 16 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I once heard a preacher say this. He says, you know, people want to belong to something significant. They want to belong to something that makes a difference. They want to belong to something bigger than themselves. And I realize that's not every single person. Some people want to live a, a smaller life or a self-centered type of life. But there's something in us, I believe, especially when you give your heart to the Lord, that you want to belong to something greater than yourself, be a part of something that's making a difference, be a part of something that's making an eternal difference. And so it is with the local church. Join it. The church's mission is the Great Commission. 
They call it great because it's God's mission and it's a commission because we join God in his mission of preaching the gospel, of making disciples, of seeing life change, of winning people to Christ, of seeing people delivered out of darkness and saved and brought into the kingdom of light. People need Jesus as more, more now than ever before. The Bible says, arise and shine. Arise and shine, for there's great darkness that's covered the earth. So we need to arise and shine, and God will be with us. The glory of the Lord has risen upon us. That's the Spirit of God. He is in us. He's with us. He will empower us. This is something that we can do, that we get to do. It's an honor to do. It's a privilege to do. We're co-laborers and co-workers with Jesus. And if we are a part of that mission of preaching the gospel, the Bible says we will usher in the second coming of Jesus. Listen to what it says. We know that the Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, so that's what we endeavor to do with foreign missions and local missions. Uh, Next summer, Lord willing, Pastor Aaron's going to lead a group down to the rainforest of the Amazon to preach the gospel. That's something, isn't it? Foreign missions, local missions, serving the Lord, making disciples, preaching the gospel. That's the Great Commission. Look what Jesus says. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Oh, you mean if we can get the gospel out to all the nations, that will usher in the second coming of Jesus? Absolutely. If I was to ask you, how many wish Jesus would come? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, one of the ways that we bring about the second coming of Christ is to make sure that we join him in his mission of preaching the gospel to all nations, because when that is accomplished, then the end will come. Somebody say amen to that. The Bible says we're to hasten the coming of the Lord. Well, how do we hasten the coming of the Lord? By engaging in this great work of the Great Commission. Rebecca Brown, right there, she says this, I love the local church for it is the very institution established by Jesus for believers to assemble, to be taught, encouraged, and filled for us to then go and pour out to the community around us. Sue Cohn said, I love the local church because it's where God placed me to join hearts and hands with his body, to be discipled together, and to fulfill the great commission and advance the kingdom of God. Do you mean to tell me that we can do something of eternal significance that could quite possibly usher in the second coming of Jesus, that can deliver people out of darkness into God's marvelous light, that we can be a part of that, that I can do more than just live my life for myself, that I can live for God, co-labor with Christ and make an eternal difference and then have eternal rewards? Yes! Yes! And yes! One final one, because the church is the family of God. Bible says we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Family, family. I don't know about you, but family is a good thing. And you might have regrets or sadness because of your earthly family. 
Jesus talks about leaving father and mother to follow him, leaving family behind to pursue Jesus. That's what my wife and I did. We, we left her family. We left our family. We even left our church family, and we moved up here in 1985 to follow Jesus to pastor this church. We came up here. We knew nobody. We didn't feel connected when we first came up because you're not in relationship. You have to build relationships, right? And Jesus says, you know, if you leave all, then God will reward you in this life with houses and lands, but also brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers. You'll have a spiritual family. He promises that, a spiritual family. And boy, we've seen that take place. Some of my dearest and closest relationships over those that know Jesus who have been saved, that are in relationship with me as a brother or as a sister in Jesus Christ. Amazing, amazing. Did you know that there are 59 one another's in the New Testament? One another's, you know, it's in church where you practice these one another's, such as love one another, serve one another, accept one another, encourage one another, support one another, forgive one another, greet one another. Did you know there's 59 instances where the Bible talks about the one another's? Hmm. On the day of Pentecost, Peter's, I'm going to close with this, Peter's preaching, and he's preaching to all the Jews and God-fearers that had assembled there for the Feast of Pentecost. And God was pouring out His Spirit, and it spilled out. They left the upper room, the prayer meeting, and it spilled out into the public streets there in Jerusalem. And a big multitude was gathered together as the disciples, 120, spilled out into the streets. And may God help us to take what's here out, right? Take it out. And he begins to preach, and I think 3,000 or 5,000 got saved that day. It's wonderful, right? Oh, here it is, 3,000. I should read the Bible. Uh, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day about 3,000 souls. So the church grew from 120 to 3,120 in one message. Our God can do it again. (laughs) Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Added to them. And then verse 47 says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So the message is preached. People get saved, baptized, added to the local church. Get saved, water baptized, added to the local church. It's One of the first things that the Spirit of God does with a new believer is puts it upon their heart to publicly declare their faith in Christ through water baptism and then be added to, to join in, to become a part of his local church. Must be awfully important if that's one of the first steps. When the Apostle Paul got saved, What did the Bible say he did in Acts chapter 9 after his dramatic conversion of persecuting the church, even putting people to death, and talking about somebody that hated church, uh, but the Lord wonderfully saves him. One of the first things he does is he gets water baptized, and then the Bible says he joined the disciples. 
In other words, he joined the local fellowship. He became a part of. Maybe you're here and you've been coming. Maybe it's your first time here. Or maybe you've been coming for quite some time. What I'd like you to do is take that, take that card that you have there. I think I put it in my Bible. Did I put it in? Yes, there it is. Take that card that you have right there. And take it to that corner over there. And they're going to talk to you about starting point, about what it means to join the church, to be part of this church. And you know what? Whenever you make the right decision, God meets you right there, and it makes it worth your while. And the Spirit of God would say, come. Let me add you to his local church starting point is coming up. It's a kind of like a new members class, and no pressure about joining the church in the sense if you go to that class. They will put handcuffs on you if you don't join, and they take you to a back room. No, I'm just teasing. No pressure that, but it can answer a lot of your questions. We share the doctrine of the church, the vision and mission of the church, answer any questions you might have. My wife and I come the last 10, 15 minutes, and we also share in that class how wonderful it is. You know, I just remember getting saved and becoming a man after God's heart. Jesus loves the church. I now love the church. I want to be a part of this church. I want you to be a part as well. We will love you and encourage you and strengthen you. So if you've never become a member of this church and you would like to find out more information, please go right to the Connect uh, Corner right over there. And also, you can get a crumble cookie. We will bribe you. And one of the cookies is the absolute best cookie and that's the chocolate chip cookie. That's being offered over there as a crumble. If you've never had a crumble cookie, I had my first one out in Denver. Jake and Hannah took my wife and I there. We couldn't believe it. He's sitting there ordering it online. We drive up, they bring it out, and they open it up. Oh, my, look at this. It's a cookie. It's probably that big. It's all fresh, chewy, chocolatey, filled with goodness. And Lord, remove the calories and the carbs, in Jesus' name. So let it be said, so let it be done. Bow your heads in the presence of the Lord, all right? Let's bring this service to a close. I've had a lot of fun ministering this because it was easy. It was more of a testimony type of message rather than an expository. I usually don't do that, but I just wanted to testify why the church is such a blessing to me and has been, has been, ever since I got saved in 1976. And I just want you so much to know that blessing for yourself, to become a part of things. With your heads bowed, let the Spirit of God deal with you. Do you need to go out to the Connect Corner, get your crumble cookie, find out about Starting Point? Don't delay. Obey the Lord. Make the right decision. God will bless you in that right decision. The same day, 3,000 souls got, got saved, and the Lord added them to the local church. That's one of the first things he loves to do because the church is God's main discipling institution. Make that commitment in your heart, all right? As husband and wife, maybe you're here alone. Doesn't matter to us.
God's doing great things. We want you to be a part. Praise the Lord. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you would say, Pastor Tim, I want to pray with you to be saved. Can you just raise your hand so I know and I can pray with you? If you're here today and you say, I want to give my heart to Jesus, will you pray with me? Just raise your hand and I will pray with you. I will pray with you. Lift your hand up high. I'll take you to the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you peace. Go in the grace of God. God bless you.